Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Man, the first one of 2020. <clears throat> Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is the first episode of 2020. This is uh, 217 for January 8th. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, Joshua Alexander, Isotunes and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Gentlemen, 2020. Happy New Year. Great to see those mugs. What are we working on? Tim Sway. Happy New Year to you also, Phil and Bill. It is uh, good to see you again. We missed you last week. Vance and I filled in for you. <laughs> by Admirably. By pulling one out of the archive. But, um, but it's nice to be back. It's funny how we were just saying sort of in the pre-show how it's only been a week that we missed. And we I don't think we have missed a week in four years. I mean, there's always not, been at least all, two of us. We've, not all three of us at once. Yeah. Each one of no. us have missed a show here and there over yeah. four years. But it was weird not having you two in my life yeah. for a week. I have to admit it. I could get yeah, used to weird it. Weird to use. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's nice. It was nice. <laughs> okay, so what am I up to? I mean, you know, the holidays are are now over. So I haven't been doing that much because of you know the holidays. I've been, um, you know, we went on vacation for a little bit, and uh, and then I just, I kind of just like laid low. I I didn't have a lot of. I have like one client order. Well, I have a couple, but like I, had, and none of them are really due, so I didn't really feel any pressure to. And I took several days off in between holidays. I took them all off and stuff. But so now I'm back to work, and I am working on. And it came out of this podcast. Um, my shop stool, my my guitar stool. We had talked about making, folding, and dismantling stools, and I came up with a design that I liked. Um, I, there's some things about it that weren't working. I was messing around on Instagram with it a lot. Like I was making miniatures because I was cutting out a three quarter inch plywood. So I was able to just shrink it exactly one third to, and cut it out a quarter inch plywood or not. I wouldn't have to worry about anything not fitting. It would all fit properly, you know? And so I was making miniatures mm-hmm. and experimenting and kind of getting people's input. And I came up with a stool that's pretty cool. And, uh, the video is going to be a couple weeks cause it's in, it's, there's a video that's going on Vectrix YouTube channel about it as well as I'm going to have one on my channel, and then there's also going to be a video on Avid CNC's channel about um, CNCing plywood with some tips and tricks. So there's like this whole kind of a lot of balls in the air that we have to try to juggle to, to get it all together. But I did put um, a downloadable file for it up on, on newperspectivesmusic.com. It's like uh, I just put plans up there, like five bucks, and uh, if anybody wants to make these stools, that's up there now. And I will also probably have some like kind of unfinished stools for sale on the website. You know, just cut them out and and uh, let people finish them because that's the part I don't want to do. I don't have time for that, you know, and, and all that stuff. And you can looking at less. the problem solving, looking at that problem solving you did, I won't say what mm-hmm. it is. If you want to talk about it, you can. Um, but that inspired me. It gave me an idea for one I want to make, but oh, cool. obviously not CNC'd. So I'll take a sheet of plywood, get a jigsaw. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, I was like, you know what? I would not have done it that way, but I can only say that because your ideas showed me how, in my mind, how I would do it. So I'm no, kind of well, excited about that. There's a 
yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's the cool yeah. thing about it because there's a million ways to do it, of course. And that was what I was oh, well, yeah. was fun for me doing that sort of real time prototyping with the miniatures because it was you know I wasn't like wasting a lot of material cutting them. It took very little time, and I would just like literally cut one out on Instagram and put it up on my store. Like, hey, what do you guys think? I can't get this to work the way I want. Like seven people would be like, make it straight, do this, do that, and then I just go try and cut it again. Okay, well here's what you guys just said. What do you think now? And, and it was kind of fun, mm. you know. But so I'm happy with the end result. It worked really well. I've made like ten of them now. I just keep cutting them like, and tweaking them and stuff. But um, um, is that why you laminated all those hollow core doors to make a, a thick enough piece to make a shop stool? Yeah, that's going to be the video that's on my channel. Is going to be the hollow core no door one. I was just, I was just guessing. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was um, because like the video, the project is for Vector. So actually, the the, the project will be free to Vector users because that's when I do these videos for them every other month. Um, it goes on their channel, and it's a free file that anybody that has Vectric software can download and just, uh, like, all the, oh. all the tool paths are there and everything. So you can just open it and cut it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you uh, have a licensed copy and you're, you know, a member. Um, and Jackpot. I am. There we go. Yeah, you might have trouble cutting the parts on your machine because they're all twice as big as <laughs> I will cut it to one-third scale. You could do one-third scale miniatures. for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Barbie size. We call that Barbie size. It'll be it'll be a shop stool for ants. And normally it would be three times bigger. What was that monkey that like um that guy Ross had on on uh friends? Marcel. Maurice. Marcel. Marcel. Yeah, what yes. kind of what kind of monkey is that? Those little ones. Capuchin. He was yeah. a capuchin. That's it. that would be the perfect I stool. I call for it that an monkey. Or organ grinder monkey. I don't know yeah. what a capuchin is. That sounds like something you yell at someone, hey you capuchin, you know, across whoa, the street. Whoa, 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 easy with the slurs. No, capuchin is the kind of monkey he is. And then I had a I had a story to tell too. If I don't know if you want me to take up all the time now or if you want to keep going, but I had a story that my, my wife insisted I I share on the podcast because it was kind of funny. Hey, new Year, I don't new care you. what you want, you but do. if Gwen wants it, I want to hear it. Right. <laughs> so I got pulled over the other day. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> I, was, um, I had a sheet of plywood in the back of my mini truck, um, and I was driving to the shop because I was cutting out all these stools, and I, I'd use up, you can get four stools per sheet of plywood, but I wanted to cut some more, so I bought another sheet. And I'm, I'm driving, I see a cop behind me, you know, it's typical, and, you know, and then, he, then he makes a turn with me, and then he makes another turn with me. It's like, oh, I'm about to get pulled over. And I, I was like, you know, I'm surprised that I don't get pulled over more often by people just thinking that my truck is is um, not street legal, you know, because they think like, I just put a plate yeah. on it or something. So I, I, when I first got it, I expected to get pulled over all the time. Uh, and I just haven't yet. It's been a year almost now that I've been driving and I haven't got pulled over. So I was like, oh, here we go. I'm getting pulled over. New year, you know? <laughs> so sure enough, I turn yeah. onto my road and I'm just like right near my shop. I'm like like a block from my shop and the lights go on. And uh, the guy comes up and he, he goes up to the passenger side of my car, which would be the driver's side of any other car, you know? <laughs> I was kind of curious. I'm like, which side's he going to come up to? And I'm watching my rearview mirror, you know? And sure enough, he decided to reach over, which isn't far, and, and you know, and unroll the window. And he's just kind of looking. He's like, oh, he's like, that unrolls, huh? And he's like, uh, you know, he's kind of looking around. He's like, and he doesn't say license registration. He doesn't say, do you know why I pulled you over? He just goes, what's your deal, man? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I see you driving around all the time. And like, I'm just, I had to, I just had to figure out what your deal is. <laughs> <laughs> Two for one. Yeah, he's deal. like, what? He's like, what is this? And I told him, I was like, oh, it's a Honda. It's a, it's a gray market import. It's totally you know, legal, of course, because it's 25 years old. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm not, I don't, not pulling you over any infractions. I'm not worried about any of that. And he's just like, I kind of wanted to check it out. I just see you all the time. I want to check it out. And he's like, so what do you do? You're like, a, you make stuff. You're the license places I make, you know? It's like, yeah, I'm like a woodworker. He's like, are you a fine woodworker? I'm like, I wouldn't say that, you know? Definitely not a fine woodworker. 
was like, yeah, I make furniture. I make a lot of guitars. And he's talking. He's like, oh, and he's like, and he's like trying to like figure out what I do. And he's like, he's like, do you have any pictures of your work? And um, I was like, I was like, well, you know what? I was like, my shop's just right over that hill. You want to follow me? He's like, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, just turn the lights off so they don't freak out the neighbors. And he goes, oh, so he follows me up to my shop. I let him in. We hung out for like 20 minutes, half hour, showing around the shop. We were just talking. So I made friends with a cop in town. It's kind of a fun story. What an abuse of power and uh, waste of taxpayer money. Phenomenal. (laughs) Well, you know, that was funny because I was saying that to my wife, too. I was saying how, like, old me would have been like, well, who is this guy pulling me over, profiling, whatever, all this stuff, like, he has no right to. But younger younger 2020 me, or older, wiser 2020 me, is trying to be more open-minded and more, you know kind of roll with things a little that's more called, so that's called community building social exactly, being, exactly getting to know your neighbors getting yeah. you know cops in the community being one that's how it should be not always I, negative. I agree with you bill did he turn on his lights i it, i think he could have done it better like by not turning yep. his lights on uh that's uh, let me ask you this was he a little, a little bit younger no he was uh he was a couple years younger than me he's not a young guy but you know he's in his 40s um, but okay. um, well, no, he was just so what? So yeah, what? So I mean, his lights on exactly, and that's like younger it me. It wasn't perfect, but you know what? I am so. The this is the best story mandatory. I've ever heard. That's not community building. That he pulled them over, and Bill and Tim sitting there, uh, you know, potentially soiling himself, and uh, and the guy's like, oh, oh, what do you do? Uh, uh, hey, hey, get out there and find the criminals. Well, let me ask you this, Phil. Let me ask you this, Phil. When you get let me pulled ask, over. Ask me this. Yeah. Are you worried about getting um, tickets or getting in trouble like you've done something wrong? I'm Jewish. Of course I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried leaving my house. Well, I, I'm sorry. Maybe Canada's a little too rough and tumble for you. Um, but but honestly, me. this is really cool. I mean... I don't know if, if the, there's stories on TV where the cops are pulling people over at Christmas time and giving them groceries and money. Um, I don't know. I, I think if, if it was nothing, nothing terrible that happened and this guy reached out and just wanted to get to know some of his community, I think it's great. I, I, that's a bond. I mean, unless what if, Tim what if decided Tim to start had robbing high banks. high blood pressure and, and this guy but he is didn't. pulling him over. I mean... What what if you have like right now the veins are sticking out on your forehead? So you I do have high blood pressure. <laughs> I'm just saying. Does he 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 did something wrong to do something well, Phil, right? I, Phil, I don't you, I don't know that he did something wrong, Phil. I don't I, I really don't. You I, sound I like me ten years ago, Phil. I mean, wrong. I would have said everything that you're saying, and and maybe not even ten years ago, maybe two years ago, maybe maybe the day before this happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a little bit more of a positive you know outlook and like you know we we've reached this sort of I mean I'm I'm a rebel you know what I mean I'm a punk rocker me and the cops are enemies Hardcore. you know what I mean but since day one like I've always been someone that's been a scofflaw like you know I've I'm not a fan of the police uh-huh. state I don't want anybody to tell me what to do I got a lot of libertarian in me I get that like but. I was, and so there's, I have all that side of me, like, you know, like the DUI checkpoints that are unconstitutional, like, sure, I understand all that, but, um, I was trying to sort of let that cynicism go aside in this divisive time that we live in and, and not let my prejudices exactly. control that situation exactly. and not let me become hostile with him for abusing his power and wasting my time. Instead of looking at like, well, here's a guy that's genuinely interested in what I'm all about. Why don't I share it with him? You know, mm-hmm. if he didn't have a light and he asked to talk to me, I've, I've pulled over people without lights too. And show to my truck. <clears> I'm going to ask you one question and then we'll move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did, did you tell him about our podcast? I sure hope not. 
Bill, what are you working on? <laughs> I am uh, honestly, I'm I'm working on just the the awesomeness that I just heard happen. So that that's that's pretty great. Uh, I don't want be, people to be confused to think that I'm this you know law abiding guy that's never had any you know I'm just so pro. No, I'm just for somebody who used to live on the wrong side of the the doing things right. Um, I can appreciate that this community. Uh, as a country, as a, as, a, as a world, we just need to come together more. You know, anytime you can, because right now, I mean, turn on the news and oh, there's God, like don't. people shooting at each other and yeah. we're going to go to war and there's all kinds of horrible things happening, right? But here, mm-hmm. Tim made nice with a popo. I like it. For perhaps the first time in my nice life. <laughs> this is good. This yeah. is a good no, thing. That's, that's not true. That's not true. But, anyways, put that in your hip pocket. Maybe you can make a ticket disappear yeah. for you. Um, but so, so there is yep. one other quick thing to point out. Though. He keeps he's looking at me. He's like, you know, you look familiar. And I said, well, you know, I was a musician. We're talking about guitars, how I made them. And I was like, he may have very well seen me out, out and about, you know, playing. I play all over Connecticut. And then I started thinking about how there's this one gig I had um, every Monday um, at the beach in the summer. And it was called Service Persons Monday. And the audience, is the idea being the people that work the weekends go. And, um, you know, we built this party up over decades and it was basically hairdressers and cops that would go to this, like people that have Monday off. And, uh, and so I said to him, I said, oh, you know where I know you from? I said, I bet you used to go down to the, the pavilion on Mondays in the summer. I was like, I was a house band there. That's probably where you saw me. He said, that's where I met my wife. Oh, see? <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, how long that's ago? That's adorable. I was like, how long ago? He said, 11 years ago. And I said, I said, I was on stage. I guarantee you, you were too busy looking at her to recognize me, but your, your second sight that saw me. That speaks volumes to the, the, the razor's edge that you actually were walking, because had that not gone well for him, you'd be in jail right well, now. Well, yeah. actually, the, it's, yeah. it's, it's not going too well for her right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, that's where I met my ex-wife, is probably what he meant to say. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Officer, Officer Conley, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, you're welcome anytime, and I had a great time talking to you. Don't let these schmucks ruin it. You did tell him about the podcast then. Well, I, I told him about you, Phil, and he has some Canadian Mountie friends, so. He doesn't have any friends, okay? I am on the. I'm not worried about his lack of jurisdiction. <laughs> Are you saying the Mounties can't make nice? Uh. Are the are the Mounties are they are they more akin to like FBI or are they police? There there are federal police the same way the FBI is right. right. So you've got you've got federal level, then you've got provincial, which would be the same as your stateies, yeah. and then you've got municipal, which are city cops, yeah. right? So they're so. like they're more like FBI. Must be yeah. Must they, be tough to they spy would be on people wearing bright red and riding a horse. They they you'd be surprised here they actually don't do that. <laughs> no. No, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but that's purely ceremonial. Like out and about, they look just like other cops in uniform. I don't kind of like those no smiling guards in England, huh? What the grenadiers? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, uh, I'm working on. Uh, uh, I haven't actually started it yet, but I am getting ready to make the staging happen of this. Uh, workbench redo with the idea that you guys gave me of on the spot with Bill to be a series. Mm. And, uh, well, don't talk too much about that because that's going to be leading into that's our, our whole show. Yeah, top. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, that's what I'm saying. So don't blow yeah, it. So I, I really haven't done much. I need to get my my garage organized. That's going to help with that. Um, been doing chores around the house. Just you know, 
year-end stuff, holiday stuff. New Year's mm-hmm. was very uneventful, blissedly so. We got Danny um, sedated enough to where the fireworks didn't uh, really affect her much, so basically mm. she was drunk. So when the fireworks went crazy, the gunshots and the fireworks started happening. She just lifted up her head and went, and that was it. Nice. Some doggy tranks. That's how I like to spend New Year's, on doggy tranquilizers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Phil, let me be the one to ask. What what have you been up to, son? Oh, thanks for asking, man. Um, Last week, I put out a video. Uh, which was the uh, the successor to my uh, my Craig Killer video. So I did one called 2.0, but this time with a question mark uh, because there were some pros and cons to the new jig. And uh, anyways, you be the judge of that. I'll let everyone watch that one. And um, and I finished up my uh, my bar top arcade machine, and I've been playing it. The kids have been playing it. My son is addicted to it. He loves it. Um, but we've been playing it on the floor because it's a bar top arcade machine and I don't have a bar so it's currently a floor machine but uh, my plan is to build a little stand for it so it's a maybe yeah. a foot and a half like let's say 18 inches off the ground and I can make a little bench or a stool for the kids to sit there and play on it so that'll be fun and then I'll I'm gonna lead into our, our topic here um, which is called fresh start but basically we want to talk about each of us have some plans going into the new year about potentially some projects or uh, or tools that we want to rejig go ahead can I can I ask you a question about our arcade games first though have because you pay attention to what people are doing but do you remember the cocktail tables like the pac-man yep. is anybody mm-hmm. making modern versions of those or is it because I'm not as popular because I feel popular. like I feel like that would be like a pretty cool build. It would. Here's the thing, though. Though, um, if you're going to use an LCD, which you most likely would, right? The yeah. viewing angle on an LCD, right, is not yeah. great for that kind of a setup. You're going to be looking at it at probably like I don't know, like let's say 120 what, what degrees. About, what about an old tube? Can you make an old tube TV a monitor? You just, you just. Yeah, yeah, you can. They, they'll retro. hook right up to a uh, to like a retro uh, to a, uh, a Raspberry Pi, mm. and you can do that with a modulator if you have to, or whatever the case may be. But the answer is definitely yes. The thing is, is that um, you may have to uh, take the casing off of it and build some kind of a mounting system for the tube because you want it to sit flush with the bezel you're going to build for it. Because an old TV has its own plastic bezel, and if you try to like. I don't know, hold the whole box with some kind of a contraption, it's just going to be insane. So you, mm. what people do is they put them on rails or something, and you got to pop it off, maybe move the electronics to the back, and uh, and you got to know how to... Um, or you can Get flip rid of the, the TV up, you can put the TV facing down, build some legs for it, and make that the... And then put just a glass top over the, uh, over the top of it, but make that just a retro TV sitting facing up, with legs on it, I mean Tim made a, a Eames chair out of satellites. I'm sure you can make that yeah. the whole purpose of doing that instead of make trying to hide the fact that it's an old TV. Make that the thing. Well, you're not hiding it. You're just you you want certain no, characters I, I know to come. You want you're to be flush. A, right, but if 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 you put, if you put a TV and you flipped it up, an old TV, it's still mm-hmm. flat enough to where you can set a piece of glass or a plexi on top of it. There's your flat surface, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I wonder because the bezel on those old TVs is like an inch and a half sometimes. So the plexi of the glass would be far away enough. And also, where are you putting your controls? They'd have to. They're usually like mounted to that same glass, but it's supported with plywood or something underneath. Right. So mounted control of that have everything just like your acrylic guitar. You can see all the wiring. You can see everything. I mean, it's a cool idea. That doesn't appeal to me, but to each his own. <laughs> I, I Phil, do. Make, I like the look it, of the like the. Yeah, I I like the look of the of the old arcade machines. I like seeing the faux formica wood grain mm. surrounding those those those. Uh, what's it called again? Uh, what's the machine that you just called? It's not a bar top. It's a cabinet. Uh, you know where you're sitting opposite somebody. Cocktail table. Cocktail. cocktail the table, cocktail yeah. machine. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason it's called that is because you can actually set a drink on the machine as you're playing. Well, that's I um, made that, a that's, years ago. I made a uh, part of a desk suite. I did a pinball desk, and then I made for the the guy's printer. I had one of those that didn't have the electronics in it. And I just I put some drawers in, it and he put his printer on top of it. And I remember just okay. messing around with it, and it, all that classic like that plastic wood and stuff, and the black trim yeah. around the MDF, and you know, and right. it was just like I was like these are these are cool. I remember like when you go to a restaurant with your parents when I was like you were maybe a little younger but you know I'd be like eight years old and we'd go to a restaurant with my parents and it'd be like one of those be like oh let's sit there let's sit there let's oh, yeah. sit there it's like it's a two person table we can't all sit there like please 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 <laughs> you know and yeah, just they were so cool like I just you know so. we had a place in Montreal and it was called Crickets okay and um, the restaurant was whatever it wasn't great food but they had a whole arcade in it and they were all free so you could as a kid you're like uh, where should we go for dinner? We're going to Crickets. Like, mm. that's where you want to go. Right. you could just go and play until the food got there. You know, like, the kids were all playing the arcade machines, and the adults loved it because <laughs> you got to get rid of your kids for half an hour. Yeah. Uh, so so I th- I grew up in that place. I loved it. And then there was a Pinocchio's arcade, like, when I was a kid that was here in the market. It was great. But uh, I love these things. I, I absolutely – I love them. I love, I love everything about them. I love the aesthetic. I love the nostalgia. I love what they bring out in me. It's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. But for me, this bar top machine was really more um, a learning exercise because I think I would do much better on the next one. The cocktail table you're going to make for me. I'm not making you. I'm going to make, like, probably a... (laughs) a, Maybe a three-quarter full-stand machine, but I'm going to use better parts. I got these, like, the joystick and the buttons are from like Banggood they're Chinese and uh, they're not they're not the greatest they're not yeah. the greatest like the buttons stick sometimes and anyways it's, it's fun yeah, you for the kids right now but yeah. you, need to, you need to take yeah, apart an old just, one I need better buttons you need better parts yeah. and you can buy them there's this, this place in the UK called Ultimark and like they're just known like that's what they do and like they've mm. got incredible parts like, like you know, professional level parts I put on one of my guitars, I put like a kill switch, and it was these buttons yeah. that I got for um, for boats, marine-grade buttons. And it was a yeah. little small, but it was close. I bet you if you look in the marine uh, momentary switch section, you might find some buttons that are really cool. Okay. I could look into that. Because they're all just momentary switches, right? I mean, it's just two connections, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it depends on like, because the, the, it depends on the buttons, right? Because these are rated for like tens of thousands of button presses, right? Before the contacts wear out. Whereas something that's going to be a momentary switch for like a button as a kill switch, how often is that ever going to be pressed? It's not rated for the same amount of contacts. So yeah. sometimes you can't use the same. Right. 
I think you can make buttons. I think we can make them. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Let's move into our topic, shall we? Sure. Please. Uh, please and thank you. So, uh, as I was saying, for 2020, we are all three of us looking into doing new and different things with our shops, whether that's projects, whether that's um, rejigging the shops themselves, and potentially even some tools or tooling. So I thought we'd uh, we'd go around and sort of see what our plans are, um, very specific to our shops uh, for 2020. So um, let's let's ask the Minutemen, uh, Bill. What is it that you are are looking to do there? Well, so we talked a little bit about this. I found a Harbor Freight uh, workbench. It's the one that has a built-in side vise. It's got like four drawers on it. It's it's they usually run about 129 dollars. Well, I found one, and it just looks like it's used. It doesn't look beat up too badly, but it's used. And um, I want to, I want to incorporate that into my shop. I want to replace the cheesy side vise with the real nice one that I have. I want to beef it up. It's, it looks like it's a couple inches thick, but it's not. It's like half inch thick with two inch trim around all four corners. Why well, I want to uh. fill in the underspace with the top of my old bench, which is like, you know, three quarter inch. Um, um, MDF or particle board, whatever it is, but it's really thick stuff. So I want to put a layer of that in there, I think. Um, strip it down, clean it up, make it look really, really pretty before I spray my name across it, you know, spray paint my <laughs> name across the top of it. Right. Um, and it's also, it's, it's a much smaller footprint. I mean, significantly smaller footprint. So it's going to allow me to reorganize my shop, which I want to do because it's, I'm just getting, it's getting bulky. You know, I want to I want to shimmy down a little bit on the on the old bulk in the shop. So that's that was a thought, and then you two had helped me come up with the whole um, idea because I said I want to start for my videos that I'm going to make for projects to drive around, find material specifically. It's like okay, there's a pile of stuff. I'm going to take that stuff and turn that into something. That'll be a video. And you said, well, you came up with the name on the spot with Bill, and you can video you finding it and the blah blah the whole oh, process. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd like to do that, and I'll I will stage this bench outside on the curb to kind of and tell people that's what the future ones will be like. But it's like, hey, this right. is on the spot, and you know, you find this thing. What am I going to do with it? Well, I'm going to refurbish it. I'm going to make it beefier. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to fit my shop specifically. I'm going to turn this $129 Harbor Freight bench into a million dollar workbench. Right? Wasn't that the idea? The yeah, so this is a viral video in the works. Mm. Right, right. So. That's kind of what I'm looking at. So, again, what, what I'd like your opinion about, um, it needs to be taller. It needs to be about four inches, five inches taller. So, some of the ideas I thought was to uh, put uh, complete blocks of wood from one leg to the other depth-wise on each side, right? So, the, it'll sit on a block of wood on, on each end oh, of the yeah. bench, okay? That's yeah. one way to do it. Maybe to make if the reason being I want it taller is for as to act as somewhat of an outfeed for my table saw. Um, yeah. uh, maybe make a small box because I don't need an outfeed table for my table saw very often. So maybe I should just make a little box accessory that's that height that I can sit on top of the bench that will act as a little bit of an outfeed. That'd be annoying. Can, what about casters? Yeah. <sighs> I thought about that um, I mean that seems like the obvious thing to me but what you need to do is you need to get the really good ones and four of them that lock and you need to build a yeah, solid usually my bench is not what I put on wheels everything else I put on wheels but yeah. not my bench 
Yeah. Because so. if you're going to use it as an outfeed or you're going to use it as an assembly table, it's great to be able to move it around. Uh, well, the way I have it, the way I have it um, oriented, it, it yeah. works that way anyway. And my table saw is actually on wheels, so I can actually move it to the table, to the bench. Right. But if you want to work outside, you could take both mm-hmm. the table saw and the outfeed with you. No, I, which no, I know you do that. No. no, but but you could also um, you could do like one of those sort of setups where it's not on its wheel. You know, you step on the pedal to push it up onto the wheels and roll, and you take your foot off the pedal and it drops and it's touching the ground. Yep. You do. You could but do. That a, you, solve well, that, our our height. That's thing. Well, no, you, you build a, one of those. Yeah. Right. You you build a box that's four inches tall with that in it, and then you mount your workbench to that box. And now you have a shelf down there you can put stuff on, and that box could actually even have drawers in it, maybe if you wanted yeah. to, for stuff you don't use a lot or like spare things, and then you can gain some storage. I guess I, I like uh, if we're not talking about casters, then I guess the four by four block of wood, like. You know, you'd cut down whatever the depth of that bench is. That's the length right. of the four by four. I would, I would well, see I'd, that two you, of them. You know what? I would even do the what I just said, but without the wheels on it, and just make a box that, that so you could actually have storage in the box as well as on top of the box. You know, and then and then so, if it's so a, and then if it's a box, it's all the way to the ground. Now you don't have to worry about sawdust underneath it because it's all sealed all the way. You don't you don't have to worry about getting under it to sweep. You just there's no you know what I mean. It's like a kick plate on all four sides. Clean up is huh, easier. I'm not. I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling it. But what about the box that, well, that I you're set wrong. on top of the? <laughs> <laughs> what if I made the box that I set on top of the table to to raise the height to act as an outfeed every now and then? What if that is a drawer in storage as well? Ooh, and you know what? And that could also be a work surface because if you have that hardwood workbench top that you might not want to wreck with something greasy, like you know, if you're like it's working not, on a lawnmower. It's, it's not hardwood. Oh, it's, it's not. It's no, it's it's a laminated, thin. It's a, it's okay. It's really it's not a, it's not a bad bench, but it's not yeah. hardwood. So. Yeah. Where are you gonna put that box when you're not using it? I feel like it's a big pain in the butt to even go with these. Put so away. I'm looking I'm looking at over where my my big black toolbox is. I don't know if you guys can see that by the Dewalt stand up. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. some yeah. metal drawers that are about they're too tall, but they act as that same thing where I just hey I'll stick some drawers up here and I put a piece of wood on top of those to act as more storage. I can find a place to put it and I won't put stuff in it that's heavy. extremely heavy. So yeah. th- that that would be the only trick. Yeah. That wouldn't be my vibe. Like I, I, yeah, I, know, I, I know. I feel like you're better off putting it underneath. Like that's just that's something. That's, it's almost, you know it's like my table saw sled. Like I love having a table saw sled, but half the time I'm trying to find a place to put it. You know. Yeah. Like that's just gonna be like another thing like that that you're gonna be trying to store well lifting I'd, lifting the table up higher with some blocks is the first and easiest yeah thing. and that's gonna It'll be better for your back too oh yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean i like having a taller bench i yeah. definitely do yeah i don't have that so, problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i could always cut the table saw down i feel like that's the no-brainer option that we haven't even discussed <laughs> shorten the table saw <laughs> yeah, just I, I mean, I've got welders and grinders and yeah. all kinds of stuff. I mean, plasma cutter. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I, I think feel those, like that, that would be the move. I think those four by fours would probably work. But uh, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like you need to connect them. Like you need to connect the one side to the other to get this, you know. Uh, I'm saying like run it sort of like so if you've got. You're, the short way. If, if, if you're go, looking at it like fr- to the wide, you're facing it right. Wide, it would go right? front yeah. to back. It'll exactly. connect it, so one block for both two front for both the front oh, the, and the back legs. The long way. Two of those on either side. The short so, way. 
Yeah, the short that goes way. front yeah. to back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah that's I just why think I said you, for the I, depth of it. Yeah. I just think if you added the long way to it as well, it's going to give you that option to put a shelf there. That's just, I would want the shelf well, because it's four it, inches you know, closer to does, me than it, the ground. It, it does have a shelf already underneath this bench. Oh, oh okay, okay. How low is that shelf? Yeah. Is it pretty close? Low. It's you know, the, you know, eight oh. Yeah, I can see it from there. It's oh, too, yes. Yeah. Having yeah. a second underneath it would be crazy. Well, no. I mean, you could you could. So you've basically already done the idea we're talking about. Well, no. See, no, that's what that's it's on. What came on it. So I just I'm thinking of just making a thicker one of those to raise the table. Yeah. See, yeah. On already. Yeah. That's not even a project. That's just a grab two pieces of four by four and screw it. <laughs> I can't believe done. we've been talking for ten minutes about this. <laughs> you know what? I'm just trying to help you guys expand your mind diverse and uh... consider your mission a huge success. <laughs> And you're so right, that table's too light for wheels. You don't want to put casters on that. It's too small and light. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. I agree yeah. with you. I'm going yeah. to add a bunch of weight to it anyway. It's going to be it's gonna be nice and mm. sturdy. I'm not worried about that. So what about the finish? Because I want to actually like strip it all down and refinish it just to make it pretty to start off. Yeah. It, I would, I've never finished my workbench. Do, do not finish the top because you don't want your top to be slippery. That's what I always say. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna just oil linseed oil. You could do that. Yeah. That you could do. Top. Now the the drawers I was are. I about doing um, that too. Yeah. Now to, to mount my vice on the side of it, I may have to do some jury rigging uh, because it's got a drawer there. So I got to figure out: Am I going to have enough room to get it underneath there? The the hardware that you know, it's kind of weird hardware. To, mm-hmm. So it's long. There's going to be. It, it'll be interesting. It'll it'll be a project. It'll definitely be a project. I had to add wood under my workbench for the vices because, you know, yeah. like, they were expecting a thicker top, I guess, although my top is, like, three inches thick. But I had to add, like, another inch or so of... Yeah. I think they expected uh, it to be an apron or something, maybe. Maybe they're expecting an apron and a thinner top. I don't know. Not, not, mm. not mine, no. Mine's a ten, in, ten and a half inch, like, oh. record vice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a real it's one. It's a beast. Yeah. It's a beast. I got it for, like, 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's to the point where I don't even use the other shoulder. one. Andrew yeah, gave me that one actually. Andrew, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've touched that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill. That's not the only thing in my shop you can say that about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I also touched Bill. Um, Tim, what's your uh, what's your plan? Um, well, I have I have this one really ambitious plan that I can't talk about yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to talk about it soon. I'm trying to trying to oh, iron thank it you. out. Great. Phil, so, what about you? Phil, go ahead. <laughs> 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 what does Tim always tell us about things he can't tell us about? That's uh, fun. Uh, okay, can you tell us something about something? Um, <laughs> well, just just what Bill was talking about just yesterday. I was working in the shop, and I have on my workbench. You know, I have a fairly large workbench. It kind of in like an S shape, and uh, because mm-hmm. I've, I've just always been like, you can't have enough bench. You can't have enough bench. It's always been my sort of philosophy. And um, mm-hmm. and the I had I had added a piece to it that's only about twelve or fifteen inches wide, but it's on casters, um, and it it's the same height, so it rolls up against the bench. But then what what's cool about it? I did a video about it years ago. You can pull it out like if, you, if you need to cut some sheet goods down. You can just pull it out a couple inches. Um, or you can expend if you have something really large you need to put on this like you know ten feet long you can pull it all the way out and you can actually just extend your workbench. But I find most of the time I don't really need that that section and it just makes it like the walls are closing in on me in the shop. You know, it's it's like I, and 
and like having the open floor space so i it's still in the shop i just kind of push it over in front of the garage door that doesn't get open this time of year um and uh just to open up the the floor space and i feel like i could like i could like dance in there like there's like just that extra like six square feet it makes, makes me want to just like start dancing you know what i mean and so mm, that, that's a video yeah yeah me no one wants to see that but <laughs> but that that's i sort want of, to see that i, I yeah, really do it's <laughs> not gonna happen but um like that open space has kind of made me feel like oh that's like especially now with the winter with the doors closed you know it's like it just feels like like the you know the walls are closing and i'm like i need to like i need to find space and that's kind of mm-hmm. what like so one thing i just did um is uh i this this is sort of i guess kind of weird but like so my my two by four cnc machine it, they're actually they're always bigger right uh because they have to have room for the 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 whatever it's called the arm the xy axis to move back and forth um and so you know i had i had a piece of two foot by four foot mdf on it for a wasteboard um and then i just went and i just made the wasteboard the actual size of the footprint instead of leaving it open in the back just because that gives me a place to set down tools on the back of the cnc where things aren't getting cut and to set down set pieces while i'm working so it's like we talked about this before about how I was saying that this this could actually almost be like a workbench, some of this dead space on it. So just just to give mm-hmm. me a, an extra shelf, not not to store things, but just to put things while I'm working. So now I don't necessarily need the space on the bench behind me because that's right. like that's what I would use that bench for that I just rolled out and be like where I put the screw gun or where I put the. So now I can got put you, it there. You, you know what I mean? It's just like little things like that. I'm just trying to think of. And then like I had all the stuff that was stored in that cart that was blocking like the door to this cabinet that was never easy to get at so i never used that cabinet so now i just put all the stuff that was on the card in the cabinet you know and so it's like like just these like little things to try to make the space more efficient and then sure you know and i still like my other my storage bay is has been uh eventually i want to move my metalworking stuff over into my storage bay and eventually i'm supposed to get more space in the shop but like i just have this habit of eating space up with garbage <laughs> so i'm trying to i'm trying to you know not do that and sort of dealing with what i have before i go expanding you know or whatever so that's sure. that's that's it just like kind of like bill like going do i really need this big of a bench i'm not making as much big stuff now if i do need to pull that wheeled thing out I, it'll still be there i'm just going to put it somewhere else you know mm-hmm. yeah do you feel and this is maybe a weird question but do you feel that maybe bill you're not this isn't for you necessarily but tim do you think that you have built your shop as efficiently as possible for manufacturing or have you also factored in the fact that you're filming in there and you've kind of made it a quasi studio well it's it's not efficient for filming it's um one of the like and and it was never about manufacturing either it's really about um flexibility so like that was always the, the key for me is i wanted flexibility um, and the other yeah, thing I didn't want to do different types of things, yeah. Right, I wanted to be able to, to weld one day and make a guitar the next day, and make a table the next day, and and so you know the flow is a little weird. Like some, but now I'm getting more guitar centric, so that's making me think about like, well, I don't need this dining table size bench if I'm making guitars. I'm mm-hmm. starting to make it a little more guitar. And the other thing I never wanted to do was stoop, <laughs> so because I had the space, so I never put anything underneath the bench. I had everything at waist height. You know what I mean? I never had to like, and that's just not going to be, you know, possible anymore. And then there's the filming mm-hmm. part of it too, is that I, I am putting you know more and more effort into. I'm probably going to be doing less videos this year. That's another big change. Less videos, but higher quality might you know might be a a goal. 
like I don't I don't feel like the need to to make a river table. You know what I mean? Like not that I would, but like to film that because right. so like if I'm gonna film something, it's got to be something that's gonna be unique. You know. Um, okay. And, and so, but if I'm gonna do that, if I'm gonna do fewer of them in the, to, in more unique projects and more time consuming projects. I want to have have things look good, and and that's you know just trying to keep you know keep the clutter down and find places to put it and you know and open it up so I can so I, if I have more space because it's not set up for filming so now if I have that floor space just I just had the camera there today and it wasn't like this whole hassle of figuring out where to put the camera like I had the space to put it you know? yeah that, right. that's me I've got like six cubic square feet to set my tripod and they take <clears> up <throat> five feet five of those feet and, and then yeah. you try yeah. well, and, and you try and like you try and bury it like when I'm filming I try and bury where I'm going to put it and, and where I put it I vary the height of the camera, right? So it's yes. like, so I, I can turn five positions into 25 positions, so. Mm. Right. Anyway, yeah. I find that my shop is sort of, first of all, think of it that I can only use half of a two-bay garage, right. right? So I've made it so that it looks like a cross-section of a shop and that I always set my camera facing into the workshop. And so I've made it so that everything faces that second half of the garage. So the workbench right. sort of divides it so I can stand behind it almost like a counter and I can talk to the camera. And I started thinking about like, maybe I should care less about you know the video and more about what's efficient space-wise for a shop. And so it got me really going again about um, maybe I should turn this workbench so that it doesn't need to be as, you know it doesn't need to be an L with the, uh, with the table saw. Maybe I can make it so that it's easier to walk around and it would open up space to do this and then what would I do with that and uh, and it's really gotten me going and the other thing is is along with floor space and moving the things I have around I'm thinking okay maybe I need to sell a few tools see if I really need them and if I find that I really do need them then they needed to be upgraded to better versions of themselves an yeah, example they, they of that just buy a better one to begin with yeah Right. So so the first thing that I'm thinking of is I have this like uh, this disc and belt sander combo machine from Delta. I think I paid a hundred bucks for it. Um, and it's like a six inch disc and it's a four inch wide belt. I think it's maybe mm -hmm. a some whatever. You know, you know that combo, right? Absolutely. It's a very yeah. small disc. Right. And uh, and and I'll talk more about that later in the tip. But anyways, it's a very small disc. And so, because you usually will only want to sand on the side of the disc that's going down because it's going to sort of stay on the table instead of sort of flying up on the other side, you really only have a sanding space of about three inches from the center mm -hmm. out. So it's not it's not that great of a tool. So I'm uh, I'm going to sell it, and I and actually I just saw on eBay somebody's got an old jet, um, and it's basically a stand-up version of this desktop tool. This. I have a Delta. This is a Jet. It's a 10-inch disc um, with wow. a six-inch wide belt, and it's stand-up. And they're asking wow. 200 bucks. I think maybe I can get like I can get it for like 150. So 150 wow. bucks that's, for that's like a, a tool, real cent. Yes, exactly. That's and it's a got tool. a cast iron table. So if I get that. That's that's a better machine. But I want to sell mine first. But mine's sitting on. Uh, I made a flip-top cart. That uh, I remember, I was talking. I was talking about it quite a bit. It was actually Izzy's plan. I followed it. It was great at the time, um, but I literally never flipped it once. And uh, and it's taking up a good amount of space right now. It it holds on one side my drill press, and on the table side, which is like way too big for this small desktop uh, or whatever benchtop tool, it holds the the sanding station, and it it's taking up a big chunk of real estate. So I'm thinking. 
I maybe I move my drill press somewhere I don't know yet. Maybe that space turns into a um, a miter saw station, which I think would be much better because I like that I could do my ripping on the table saw, turn around, and right behind me where I'd be standing from the table saw would be a miter saw where I could do my cross cuts. And I think from an efficiency point of view that would be fantastic, um, and I'd love to build that. It's only only problem is it's very expensive with a lot of plywood, um, but I'd have to figure that part out. All the core doors, baby. That's all you need in a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you mean to like make my own plywood? Yep. Yeah. Who would be crazy enough to do that? I, I honestly, if there's anybody who who does that, I uh, I don't want I don't I don't want to know from this person because that would be insanity. Hey, uh, I, but I one, would, I, go ahead. I was gonna say this one cute little upgrade that I just did to my workbench. I have the Rubo, whatever, and I was thinking about maybe I should make a bigger version, but you know what? Forget it. It's, it's, it's working really well for me. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but Milescraft sent me this, um, it's like a half of a face clamp, and it sort of like bolts into the, a table. Mm. And so if you can imagine, just sort of like, it's a face clamp, but that it's connected. Anyway, this isn't. So it comes with a two-inch Forstner drill bit. You drill down and then you then you uh, then you put in this faceplate that goes in there. It kind of looks like a keyhole slot, and so that you keyhole slot this uh, this clamp right into that, so that when you don't need it, you take it off. But you put it in there, and then you can just clamp something directly to your workbench top. And if you need to secure something to your workbench, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like um, a T-track clamp system. Right, and but I put it where I kind of I wouldn't need a T-track. It just need this one little thing, right. and it's flush otherwise. And, uh, and I showed it in the video, but, like, I'm not shilling right now. Like, I would pay for this. It, it actually was, like, it's really cool, and it's great for um, actually doing pocket holes because I only have, like, one a little jig. I don't have, like, a K4 or a K5. So it really helps to be able to just, you know, undo it, move, move the thing over, clamp down again. You don't need two hands to reclamp. You only need the one. So it actually is a nice little system. Um, so mm. I really enjoyed that. I should maybe that off a little bit more but that was a quick easy one and it was free because it sent it to me so that was fun but it, it got me going thinking about all the other things you know um that i maybe want to sell i don't know i got to think about some of the other things and, and i've been thinking for a long time about selling my bandsaw and getting a better one like uh everybody knows about the that that old rigid bandsaw that's not so great anymore uh, or that wasn't great to begin with frankly i think it was unbalanced and the parts weren't great but yeah do you think this is a side topic, but so you know that 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 rigid bandsaw, that orange one from old school, is kind of like um, like they all look the same, right? It was based off a Delta design, and the Chinese mm-hmm. knocked it off. Do you think that other companies have done a better job with that design, or they're all inherently flawed? I don't think they're all inherently flawed at all. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with the rigid one. I think the one you got was just used. You, it was worn. It's done. No, no. If you read reviews on it, like it's it's no good. Well. It, well the, the way they make that stuff less expensive is by using less expensive materials and parts, right? So right. it's like... You know, Not finishing them as well. Yeah, yeah. so if you... So it doesn't mean the design is bad. It means that the machine... Like, I have this basically the same bandsaw, but it's a jet. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, there's some, things okay, about, so- there's some things about it that kind of stink. Like, it's, it is a little flimsy, like the, the metal, sheet metal housing around it and stuff. And, like, the screws okay. fell out in a few spots. Like, you know, like those stupid little door to access the pulley <laughs> is missing a screw. Yeah. 
dumb things like that. But, but does it does it shake wildly when you're using it? No. no it, stop it, all this nonsense. Get the Craftsman. It's cheap, and for as often as you use it, like the one I have, this thing hasn't given me. And I've abused it pretty good. It still runs pretty good. Okay. The answer so then, question so, though is no. You can still get a cheap, larger, like a 14 inch. Yeah. It'll be fine. If you're going to do yeah. production, you need to spend the money. You know that. But you're not yes, doing yes. production. No, I'm not. So. But I I find a bandsaw like immensely useful. Yeah. I love having a bandsaw. I just find this one like feels very underpowered, even when I have a brand new blade in it, and it does shake quite a bit. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it, it but shaking. Just, I mean, it's, it's off done, balance. It's just done to re- retire it. The the yeah. the, the yeah. wheels itself could be off balance. Uh, could be cracked, broken somewhere. I mean, no, no. I've you got, how much do you pay for that? Like a hundred bucks, right? <clears throat> no, I paid hundred and eighty dollars, and then I put some work into it. Uh, well, either way, it's well, still you got your money's worth. You've had it for yeah. years. You've had it since yeah, we've yeah. been on this. And you know, I I know I'm going to sell it for more than I paid, so I'm not that worried. <laughs> I, I put um I put I put new tires on mine almost right away, and yeah, uh, and that made a difference. Tire. Yeah, it made a difference. Made yeah. it better. And yeah, I'm you know, you've any more been money. fussing with this yeah. thing forever, man. That's, so yeah. I I think that's an upgrade you should do. I worry about the belt sander upgrade the disc belt sander I'm and not not because i think that a 10 inch big mamma jamma belt sander guy that you for 200 bucks is not incredible but if you're trying to get something you don't use that often it's taking up space anyway just to get something bigger that's going to be permanently in one spot mm-hmm. i don't I use thinking. it because it's not very good to be honest i i don't use it because it's not very good you know what? I would the, the use rigid, it more. The rigid belt spindle sander. That's what I would I, yeah. I use that a hundred times more than I use the other one, and it's light enough that you can move it out of the way when you're not using it. I gave my yeah. six-inch disc 24 or whatever belt, four-inch belt, right. I gave mine away when I got that rigid spindle belt sander. That's basically the yeah. only thing I use now. It does everything you need it, it to do. It, it really oh, yeah. does everything super, you need to do. It's super fast to change the belts on it. So if you like, if you want to use it like a you know like a disc, and you want to use like a finer grit, you can just pop the belt on. If you want to do some serious grinding, I hardly ever even use the spindles because just the inherent mine is just the that, inherent that, shape that, of it. It has two spindles on it already. The the wide and the right. and the skinny on either side. Yeah. So it's almost like yeah. like ninety percent of what you need to do with a spindle is already there. It's and it's and it doesn't have a fence. Uh, I mean, I guess you could put one, but um, it's yeah, open ended. So if you want to, if you want to sand something that's thirty inches long, because I I was going to buy one of those big ones like you're talking about, and I, I had an yeah. opportunity to buy one and it fell through. The guy didn't take my offer um, because I wanted it for just the, the edge of guitar necks and fingerboards, rather the guitar fingerboards. I just want something that could just very quickly go zoot and do the whole side of the fingerboard at the same time without getting like a divot or leaning in on one side, you know, yeah. to do the whole thing together. And I can do that on the rigid because it's open-ended. So I can just slide it along just very lightly and carefully. And I can do full. I can do an eight-foot-long board down that thing. One and of it's, the greatest it's, tools ever in the world. It's like less than 200 bucks, right, Bill? I don't remember what yeah, I paid for. Yeah, 180 bucks, I think. Yeah, and it's, it takes up no Buy space. Sale, you know? It takes up no space, and, it, and it's so light, you can just pick it up and put it on the bench when you're not using it. But does it feel like too light? You know what I mean? Nope. Does it feel flimsy? I'm telling nope. you, dude. I have mine mounted to a cart in... I, and I shove like you know six foot long uh, two by sixes on to run like Tim was saying from one eye end to the other and it doesn't move the cart it's a sander it's yeah. perfect I, mine's not even look. mounted it's just sitting on a cabinet yeah like yeah interesting okay and it, and it, the dust collection on it works better than every other sander like that I've ever used it's not great of course yeah it's but got it's, it's got a vac, vacuum port on the back that's perfect yeah. 
The price is um, right. Uh, you know what also you could do if you're worried about it not being stable? Take your handy-dandy little one-face half-a-crack uh, clamperator there and just set it and clamp down just the one foot because it's got a little spot where you could screw it down. Just yeah, yeah. Use your clamp and just go, and that'll hold it steady, and you can sand all day long. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think I'm going to tell the guys at Milescraft about your uh, your naming your tool naming skills because that was <laughs> <laughs> that was I think a million dollar name right there. Yeah, well, you know. Handy dandy face clamperator. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that's interesting. Okay, interesting perspective. I'd look into it. Shop though, I'd get that sander in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, I'm still got yeah. my eyes open for one. If the if the right one pops up for a hundred bucks, I'm all over it. But I don't need it. I have yeah. I have another. So that's what belt. I'm thinking. For 150 bucks, I really like the idea of this thing. <laughs> right, but if you if you can get it and store it somewhere, like when because you're going to find that you don't use it and it's taking up space. That's my only concern. If you're already saying, you know, I got this little one, it doesn't work that well. It's in my I way. I don't use it anyways. Yeah, you just. Well, I don't. It's not that it's in my way. I don't use it because it doesn't work well. I know, like every time I look at it, I go, ah, I really wish this thing worked well because I have it used for it. Like I, I like to flush things up with it, but it's too small uh, to absolutely. work properly. I mean, I, I can't tell you not to get that. I'm just thinking you have half a garage. Yeah. And and this other one, you will find that you use it so often because it's so quick and handy. And the, the spindle or the, the what, what am I thinking? Uh, the up and down motion of it. Yeah, the oscillation the, the of it. Yeah. The oscillation of that makes you feel like you're never going to get a flat spot or like Tim was saying, divots, right? The right. fact that it's a belt on top and it's oscillating up and down, the oscillation is awesome. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I I can't believe how much I use that thing. Like it's, I have a um I have one of those little like one by twenty one inch little belts and that has a little like five inch disc on it right next to it. Yeah. And I use that for like really small stuff or like just today I was radiusing a piece of wood. It's um it's gonna be for a custom pickup guitar pickup that's so the top's made out of wood but i wanted to actually have a radius to the top about 16 inch radius on this like three and a half inch piece four inch long piece of wood and um yeah you know so i just i cut the shape out on the laser and i i drew the radius on one side of it and i just held it it took me about four seconds and i just like leaned either side in got the radius on my yeah. on my little thing i didn't sometimes you take a little bit of your fingertips off when you're doing that but it grows back and uh you know with the course belt you just you know you hit your fingertips because it's not designed but my point is is that i do little tiny things like that on it and the, it, the strip sander you're talking about yeah no not the strip sander i still I, I don't even use the strip sander i still go to that that rigid one we're talking about over the oh okay because yeah, yeah. I, if I use the strip sander, I could, you know, my fingers wouldn't be in the way and I wouldn't run the wrist. But if I just need to do it, it's so fast and so efficient okay. and so clean. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think twice about buying that tool again and again. So okay. I don't know if you remember, Phil, but I do have a nine inch disc and a six by 48 combo belt. Okay. Um, it's not, it's not a standalone, but it is, it's, it's, I, I don't ever use it. And it's it's a, it's an old Craftsman, big beefy bad boy. You know, I have one I got, got from Infinite Craftsman. It's in the other bay. I don't I don't use it either. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't use it. So. Yeah. And then I have a, I have, a disc, also, it's, I, I have a nine inch disc too. There was this homemade one I pulled out of a dumpster. I don't use that either. I use the huh. I use the rigid. Interesting. Yeah. I also like the idea of this disc and belt because uh, it works well with metal too, right? Yeah, so it's a rigid. Yeah, but I use my, I use I use my rigid for metal all the time. All the time. Angle, oh, I don't know if you're supposed time. to, I, you know, but I, I I haven't worn out any. Uh, I don't use I use it just to take like the the sharp edges off of metal. Yeah. Right. 
you know, not for like shaping or anything. Yeah, no, you have to use a yeah, grinder right. for that, but you know. Yeah. Do do either one of your belt sanders uh, go vertical? Yep. Yeah, yeah. My old well, I gave that one away, but I had the same one as you. My, my big I, the yeah, six the one does too. One yeah. does. It, come, it comes yeah, no, up yeah, like that, do. and I just yeah. I just don't use it. Like I said, I I would if that was the only one I had, and I like having a bigger one better than that little one you got rid of, right? Yeah. But now that I have that rigid, it's like that's my go-to, man. When, when I got the rigid, I added it to my sanding arsenal, and then what happened is I just started taking the other ones away. It just replaced yep. them. It just I was like, I don't need them. Okay. Yeah. So that's what this is all about, right? This so is all th- about this episode of... sponsored by <laughs> Rigid, yes, <laughs> and I guess Milescraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, a lot to think about, and uh, and, and and another uh, you asked. Uh, you asked Vance what his resolutions were for uh, for 2020. Mine is to is to come back to the shop and, and to make some more content. I really enjoyed it. I forgot how much I enjoyed it, um, and I've been you know I've been working like a dog on this new business thing. But um, but I gotta stay grounded in the things that I that I really am passionate about. Otherwise, why are you working so hard, right? What right. is the point of living right. otherwise? You know, yeah. can't just be family yada yada yada. diapers here bills there yeah 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 actually i only have one left in diapers and he's almost out so there you go that's a good one i got tons of time this bill is heading towards diapers so (laughs) i was just thinking yeah they're not cheap man they're not cheap bill when you do need diapers get yourself on a amazon subscription they're like 15 percent off and they come you don't even have to think about it they just show up i don't know how they know i've already got i've got it figured out costco yeah. Costco has the pen sport, and you can buy a case at a time. Oh, so there you go. I guess you've done some work on investigating this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to leave Casey high and dry. I'm going to at least set her up. Yeah, yeah you're going to leave her low and wet, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're digressing. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> what? Okay, so um, where are we here? You have a tip. You have a tip. Yes, I do have a tip, and I... Well, do we have any uh, reviews? Did we look at that? We do. We have um, a lot of reviews. We have several. We have uh, we're running a little long on time. Why don't we just do one of them this week or two of them? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and that. Just just read one then. That's fine. Okay. Um, here I'll do the. Okay, this, I'll do the last one. We won't do any of twenty twenties yet. I'll do the last one from twenty nineteen, December thirty first. Perfect. Uh, these go. three guys with five stars by Bomber nineteen fifty six. Bomber with A R. No B. Well, B in the beginning. Um, this podcast is consistently one of my favorites. The drive to work is a pleasure with these three keeping me company. Because of them, I feel guilty driving past a pallet or a broken down old desk on the side of the road. Can't really put my finger on why I enjoy the show so much. It's <laughs> understood. Uh, the teasing banter, the tips, the multi-perspective take on making, the raw pre-shows, not sure. Maybe Mo Pinsky, Larry Sway, and Shep. Lutes, take me back to the simpler <laughs> days of my youth. Anyway, thanks for what you do. We are listening out here. Well, thank you very much, Shemp. That was very nice. That was awesome. Wait, which one was I? I was Larry? You were Larry. Uh, no, you were Mo. I was Larry. That makes sense. You're Mo. You're Mo Pinsky, Larry yeah. Sway, and Shemp yeah. Lutes. You know, I, I, I have, have an to tell uncle you. named Mo Pinsky. No. The last, the last, I started recording an album in 2009, like a solo album. And um, I never finished it, but it, the name of the album was Harpo. Ah. Doesn't have anything to do with the Three Stooges, but no, I get where you're no. going. No, it's a Marx Brothers. Yes, a Marx Brother, yeah. 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 You know, we got that. Yeah. This is the same kind of shtick, you know? 
A little less violent. Yeah, no. but not. Yeah. No. Harpo no. was my favorite Marx brother, always, always. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, okay, so then let's go to that tool tip. So, so the faceplate on this six-inch disc is held onto the uh, the shaft of the motor with a set screw, right? Mm-hmm. And because of the vibrations, the set screw always comes out, and then the thing starts to wobble. And I've changed the set screw. I've made a little divot where the set screw goes, and I've tightened even further. I tried using a, a thumb screw so that I could actually just do it with my thumb instead of having to always get, you know, a screwdriver. And then I thought to myself, <clears throat> why, why am I bothering with this? Why don't I just use some, uh, some like, two-part epoxy or whatever and just glue this stupid thing onto the shaft? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. Well, why would good. you ever need to take this plate off? <clears throat> So there's a thing they have. It's really weird. It's for exactly what you're talking about. Do you want to say it in unison? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Threadlocker? Yeah, Yeah, it's Threadlocker. So glue the set pin instead of the entire faceplate. Loctite. Threadlocker is just that. It's a... The blue is the most common yeah. because it's medium strength and it's made for that. I use those on my 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 arms, my pistols and rifles. I use it on my tools. It works yeah. for everything. So yeah, or epoxy. I mean, it's a, if it's the same idea. I guess. A lot of people use super glue yeah. because they don't have thread locker around. But basically, any t- any machine you have, if you're using it and the screw comes loose, when you put it back in, just put thread locker on it and thread it locker won't come out yeah. again. Right. And if it doesn't okay, come so out, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so then, so then, permanently attaching the faceplate to the motor shaft is not a big deal. Nothing's permanent. Yeah, fair enough. Right, but isn't, there's that, not, isn't that what you told me my first week on the podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> I say it continuously. That was, that was a friendly <laughs> reminder. <laughs> In fact, I think we have. It's coming up. It's New Year. We should tell. Them. Um, <laughs> okay, so you were permanently attaching it with thread locker. I just. Put a bunch of um, what's the epoxy that you use for metal? What's that called again? With the black and the silver? Uh, JB oh, Weld. Yeah. JB, so I JB use JB Weld. Weld you, you'll for, you'll be able, just you could back that hole. off because it's not going to stick to the plastic and stuff like you know the you'll reason, be able to break the reason that. You There's would no plastic. Take, it's metal on metal. Yeah, oh. yeah. The reason you would take that off is is that the bearings went out on the motor. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but Ugh, this is a throwaway machine. Yeah. Yeah. Why why would you take it off? So yeah. exactly. okay, that's what I thought. But for future use, blue thread locker. Yeah, next time you're at the box store, if you, just buy if you want to get crazy, get the red. Then you just like, no, Phil, not the red. And you no, say, yeah, because I'm like that. I, I, I roll. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I use the <laughs> right. red. I just because it's what I have. But <laughs> anyway, so that's a good tip then. So that actually, so my stupidity oh. uh, gave birth to an actual real tip. I'm happy. Uh, I'm. I gotta say, when you're stupid, it's genius. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm going to run with that. Um, what grabbed your attention this week? Let's go to uh, to Tim this time. Okay, uh, this is a, a, a... It's not a content thing. It's a story that I... And it's a short one, don't worry. <laughs> I wanted to say a few weeks ago and I forgot. Um, but this, this is supposed to not just be about content, but about things that we're thinking about. And I've been thinking about this a lot. But when I did a guitar show a little bit before Christmas... Um, there was like this sort of like wine and cheese sort of pre-show to it. And there's these people, they were like, whatever. But so this, this gentleman I'm talking to for a while and he was a, a World War II veteran. He was probably in his, I think he said he was 90 or 91 years old. 
Um, and he had his he had a hat on that said he was a World War II veteran. So I was talking to him for a few minutes. He was interested in the guitars. Um, and, uh, you know, he I saw that he was a veteran. And, and so I said, you're, you're a World War II veteran? He said, yes. And I said, I, I said, thank you for your service, as you do. And I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. And he, and he instantly grabs my hand and he shakes it. And while he's shaking it, he says to me, he says, just so you know, the hand you're shaking right now shook the hand of a Civil War veteran. Wow. So wow. I, I, I instantly went home and shook my son's hand and told him that story um, to make that connection. Because I think that we lose sight of, of, of things like that. Like I've often said that about reclaimed woodworking. I'll tell people like, oh, well, this guitar, this was made from wood that was in the ground when Lincoln was president, you know, or, you know, and like right, this, yeah. this tree was alive when Lincoln was alive and stuff like that. But there's, there's still a direct connection with people. And we, you know, we look at human progress and change and, and stuff. And it's 1865 seems so long ago. But it was only really a handshake away. Um, and that was just something I've been kind of thinking about a lot as this new year came in. I, I was thinking about that recently also, about how basically the human race is just a, is a relay race, right? The human race is a relay race. Yeah. Constantly yeah. Like, yeah. handing off to the next generation, right, what we've done. And you're like, yeah. hey, listen, this is how far we've come. You take it a little further. Yep. And then you pass it off to the next generation. That's, yeah. right? that's the that's, idea, right? Hmm. Yeah. So then, like every single human being that's born has to learn everything that came before and do better. And I, I th- right. And I guess that's ultimately the mission. And and I think that um, I think that if the the moral of my story or what I would suggest people is that if you are out and about because there's there's going to be fewer and fewer World War II veterans left just because that's the way time works and that's the way this relay race is running. But if you see one, shake their hand now. Yeah. Do it because you might be able to say something like that someday that, that will move the next generation or two generations out. Be part of that story. That's interesting. I mean, there, there's all kinds of things like that. Like, there's, like, Holocaust survivors. There's not yeah. that many left yeah. who can tell, like, the real story, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's important to get those stories and to hear them and to listen to them and, in some cases, document them. Yes. So yes. That, was a, that was a deep one. Uh, yeah. Follow that one up, Bill. Good luck. Uh, I will. I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say what what caught my attention is uh, we got an email from Amelia, and Amelia uh, said, hey, guys, I got some leather scraps, and basically she wants some ideas what she could do with these strips, like an inch and an inch oh, and a half wide, yes, yes. 8 to 20 oh, yeah. inches long, and I had been thinking about it, and, and she came up with a couple ideas, uh, but she's like, that doesn't seem very inventive, so what do you think? So I came up with one thing that I think she could run with what if you took those eight those strips and you weaved them together from that you can take that weaving and you can make a uh, um uh, i don't chair know, back in a chair seat chair back mm-hmm. in a chair seat what about making an apron out of all those strips right instead of a solid leather apron it would be a weaved leather apron mm. what if you made um uh, like a dream catcher i mean so using the weave Right, because you can interweave it and make that as big as you want with those strips, right? Yeah, upholstered yeah. chair tops. Remember with the old it lawn and... chairs? The old lawn chairs that were like interweaved like yes, that. Yes, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Amelia, I hope that helps for a quick thing. Um, first of all, thank you. She said thank you guys for blah, 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 blah. Thank you for um, writing into us and for reclaiming and for repurposing stuff. That's the kind of the whole point of the podcast. Sometimes it may seem like Tim forgets about that, but you know what? 
It's people like you, Amelia, can make us happy. But. I'm glad you were. I, I had written a note down that said leather idea in my list here, but I didn't write Amelia's name, and so I, I couldn't remember what that meant. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm not really a good note taker. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Sex swing? So, what do I do with I this? Like, I don't even I don't even like leather. I'm a vegetarian. But um, I, don't even like- I, thought of, I thought of Bill initially because you had made stickers from those little samples, vinyl seat samples right, years and years ago. Yeah. And that was cool. And then the other thing I thought about is that leather could be used as an inlay type material as well. So you could you could lay it into things and like you know if you cut it into shapes and inlay it and maybe maybe epoxy maybe not, but it could become a tabletop. Like you could do strips of wood and leather. You know, I mean, make a wood top and then cut out spots to put these leather in. And um, she had actually I'm, mentioned that and, and thought uh, difficulty in cleaning it. And, and uh, my solution to that would be if you did that inlay on a tabletop. Epoxy pour. Yeah. Huh? Epoxy pour. Epoxy pour or even yeah. a simple uh, plexiglass glass top. Yeah. Glass top, yeah. yeah. So You know, as, as, yeah. as you were saying that, I thought it would make for, if you uh, if you just glued a whole bunch of strips down to, uh, it's like a big sheet of plywood, I guess, and made it into a headboard, it would look really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and do oh, the yeah. weaving it, thing, too. Again, with the weaving pattern, yeah. yeah. So I, or, I think that weaving straight, thing would, would be give easy you. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was so anyway, it, Amelia, thank you. Mod Podge, I think, might be good for that. I don't know, or maybe just just Elmer's glue. I don't know what you use for leather, but but uh, you'd have to use epoxy because you're bonding two different materials together. No, I I will say this in the words of the immortal Jimmy Duresta because I I specifically asked him this question, and the answer is, and I believe it's basically Elmer's, but his answer was jade glue, jade glue, which is basically Elmer's. So okay, yeah. Elmer's works with leather. Okay, nice, great, excellent. Um, I've been watching, and you guys probably are a little too gauche to even know about this genre of uh, of YouTube video, but I've been watching it like crazy. It's, uh, yeah? What's gauche mean? Just keep talking. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you, you probably have never heard of this, but there's this whole genre of YouTube videos where they take old, rusted, gross things and they restore them. You probably have never heard of these. But I've been watching them like crazy. Um... Obviously, I'm just kidding. These restoration videos are everywhere. People are just finding crap and, like, completely restoring them. And uh, there's this one channel that I've been watching recently called My Mechanic or My Mechanics. I don't remember. This guy is unbelievable. Like, he is metal fabricating. He is sandblasting. He is welding. He takes, like, this piece of garbage lock, and he makes it look like a work of art. He uses auto body filler and then he sends it down it looks nicer than it was new anyways he's done a whole bunch of them he has one video that he restored this old gressel vice 23 million views like insane mm. so that i don't know why but like watching someone clean something up and restore it has just been like i don't know curse cathartic for me I guess I don't know I, to the point where I'm looking for old crap I could fix and I'm like why do I need to buy something <laughs> old and crappy it doesn't even make any sense but uh, but I just I love those videos I find them really really cool so yeah. that's that's what I and just so I'm not nuts you guys have seen these kinds of videos right oh yeah sure oh, like Antle Rescue yeah. and yeah absolutely yeah. okay alright we're on scene alright okay yeah. gauche is French for left by the way and it just sort of means that like Adroit. It means that you're you're like you're like awkward. Um, uh, is it adroit, adroit, or is right? Gauche. Yeah. Yeah, but I was trying not, to say right. Say adroit, but droit is is right. Droit. Yeah. Is so I was trying to adroit say adroit means to your right. Yeah. I was trying to make that, a joke. That's a, like, that's a 
good save, Phil. It's a it's a really good save, but I'm okay. a little more sophisticated than that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wrap it up. We're late. <laughs> Are we, though? We dictate our own schedule. Our websites, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. I want you to contact us for show topics. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We really do. Uh, send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. That goes to all three of us. Um, or you can send us something on Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio. Um, those iTunes reviews are super important, and uh, and we will read out any five-star review you send us regardless of whatever you write on there. So that's um, you just check out reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. I got a button set up there. Click it. It opens up your YouTube, your iTunes, and you can uh, you can leave that review. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. $1 gets you access to the pre-show, and $10 uh, gets your name read out at the beginning of the show, at the top of the show. So that's... Um, that's fun stuff. And uh, for anyone who I haven't spoken to since the uh, the turn of the decade, Happy New Year. All the best. Um, you know, health and happiness to you and your families. So say we I'm all. good with that. Okay. All right. Get out of here. I'll speak to you later. All right. Be good. <laughs>